1: Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is awareness. Developing awareness is all about bringing things to your consciousness. It is about noticing your unique thoughts, memories, feelings, sensations, and experiencing your environment in the present moment. Humans tend to go through their day on automatic pilot, unaware of most of what goes on around them and missing much of the beauty of the world. We are often thinking about what we need to do next or what we should have done previously. Although we are experiencing the present moment in time, we are not truly there. What we experience is actually our perceptions of the world around us. Our experiences are subjective. What we experience is different from everyone else. So it is important not to judge what others see or feel. An important concept of the path is taking time to focus on what we perceive is beneficial to developing a sense of awareness of the magical world and the mundane world and how they intersect for us individually. Do our perceptions give us a positive or negative view of situations around us? Why is this? Are our perceptions based on personal biases that we may need to examine to determine if they are correct? or if we need to learn different ways of viewing things at the present time. Very often, we base what we think about things now on past experiences, which may have been positive or negative. Where we are in the present may be quite different from the past, and we need to become aware of when we are basing present experiences and future expectations on past memories that may be blocking effective present occurrences. Developing awareness is an intentional process, deliberately opening all our physical senses up to the environment around you and listening to the sounds, seeing what is there, experiencing the smells where you are, feeling your clothes touch your skin, as well as locating where your body is in its environment are all things we tend to tune out because they become distractions. These background experiences are often forgotten as we focus on the task at hand. This is just one way to bring your focus into the present. We on the path have developed many individual ways to connect to the present. We call these ways mini mindfulness moments because they are simple and can be done quickly. They work because they allow us to focus on our spirituality and being truly aware in the present moment. Taking a few moments every day to be fully aware can help us connect to the magic around us as well as giving us a new respect for the world in which we live and work. Good evening, Dave.
0: Hi, uh, Elizabeth. How are you?
1: I'm hanging in there. You know, it's a—it's the end of another crazy week in the lives of teenagers and so on and so forth. But that's where I live most of the time, in the seas of hormones and drama. And...
0: So I have a, a magic incantation that's going to make you feel instantly a little bit better. Good. Are you ready for it? I am. This time next week, you will actually be living in your own house.
1: Oh, I know. I, <laughs> am so excited. I can go and shut
0: the door. Four or five nights left of the Airbnb, and you can go back to home. Yep.
1: Yes. I mean, people cannot see me, but I am over here doing my yeah, version. Yeah, she's, of she's, she's
0: dance. doing the witchy dance. She is, I'm she is. doing the witchy
1: happy dance. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> just to, Just to be able to find my own stuff. Right, you're going to be in storage somewhere, and reset up my altars and all that. Got be fun stuff and do a house blessing and just relish yeah. having a kitchen that is actually going to function
0: nicely. Well, well, and we talked the other day about it, but you'll be actually able to sit out on your original back porch. Or the the new moon to have a moment of reflection and exactly. and some gratitude and whatnot. And on that same new moon, I'm going to be starting a couple of new projects. So I'm I'm really excited about next week.
1: Same idea. It's, that's 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 the awareness piece, you know. Yep. And while we're talking about the nebulous future, which is not determined yet because we're sitting in the present, the idea, especially for those of us on the path, is that awareness of the present. Because what you have is right now. Absolutely. You're, you know, you can't go back and change the past. It's what got you here. And the future
0: is created
1: by what we do right now.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, and and we are often so caught up in, oh, my God, I have a to-do list that's 87 pages long and I have all these meetings at work or appointments or whatever. That we're so busy focusing on what we have to do next,
0: and every moment in your life has always been that way, and it's always going to be that way, and it's everything is okay. You're doing this.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You you survived every single day that's gotten to you this at yeah, exactly. this point. Yeah, or
1: or we're busy beating ourselves up over we should have done something differently twenty years ago.
0: <laughs> um, one of the things as as far as focusing on awareness, something that's been. Really prevalent lately in my focus. Um, I heard someone somewhere in some video or something that I listened to. What they mentioned was how many times and, and, and people can relate to this. I'm, I'm sure that you will be able to relate to this from a recovery point of view, but how many times do we catch ourselves in our head practicing conversations? that have never and might not ever happen.
1: Oh, please, yes.
0: But we have to have that inner stuff going. No, we don't. Mm -hmm. And every time that I catch myself lately doing that, where I'm rehashing or prehashing hashing a conversation with somebody tomorrow at work or whatever, and I catch myself, and one of the things I've been saying is, how cool is it that i'm able to catch myself and realize that that's what i'm doing and Mm -hmm. stop and jesus this breeze is nice or you know what i mean yeah i do Uh, what what a a beautiful sunlight sunrise or whatever and and realize that where you're in right now isn't where those thoughts live to begin with no or um, if
1: you're actually in a conversation with some somebody, you're so busy thinking about what you're going to say when they stop talking that you miss something important. Absolutely. yep. You know, they call that active listening in psychology where you sure. literally stop thinking about what you might say and really hear what the other person is talking about. Yes. It's amazing how that works. But for us on the past, the whole idea is taking time out of your day And consciously working on being aware, just for a little bit.
0: Well, and Sue, at one point, coined the phrase, or I don't know, it's possible it was you, um, but I I know I got it from the two of you. But she um, coined the phrase of being on the leading edge of creation and Mm -hmm. realizing that this moment you are... Toes out on the wave, surfing (laughs) the wave that is building what your tomorrow is. And and hang on, because not only are you having fun and loving life and surfing, but you are also on top of a thundering, powerful, huge, momentous thing by living your life in this moment.
1: I think it was both of us, because we would talk about it in – The idea of riding the wave. Yeah, yeah. Being on that leading edge of creation, you have to be aware of where you are right now.
0: Sure, sure. I mean, not for nothing. There are days when I'm hanging on to my life vest and just waiting for shit to settle.
1: (laughs) Well, sure, we all have those days. But in general, you know you need to hang on, which means you're aware.
0: You know, and, it's this, and this, where I am. And this is weather. This is just like anything else, like weather. It's going to change. That's how our universe works.
1: Exactly. And, and I like, you know, we, we tend to go over the reading before we start. And it reminds me that, yeah, sometimes one of the best ways we can be aware is to be aware of all that background stuff we ignore,
0: sure. you
1: know. With the sounds that are going on around yeah,
0: us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop and listen to the room you're in. And, and you know, mm-hmm. do you hear the water cooler or the refrigerator or the fan or whatever running? And do you hear traffic going by in the hallway? And that tells you a little bit about the surroundings in mm-hmm. your neighborhood. And yeah, you can ground simply by picking one sense. Oh, yeah. On it.
1: I think so. And once you are physically aware, it gives you that boost to be aware of the magic too. Right. That respect. Because for us, magic manifests in the world of the mundane that we live in. So it has to be it has to be coming in from somewhere.
0: So at this point you are pretty much overlapping with some of what I, I had had done this week for the tip trick or he hint. But yeah, absolutely. Um what I what I talk about there is gestures. But, yeah, put some intention behind it and live this life. If you're going to be doing magic, do the magic that you're doing.
1: Oh, yeah, I think that's. And think be that's...
0: aware of the magic that you're doing and being aware that it's you that is doing it and that it's you that's creating this that you are creating. I mean.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it, it starts back to that whole idea of we all have unique perceptions of the universe. Sure. You know, and we can share bits and pieces of it, but nobody's going to have the same stuff you have.
0: Well, and when you when you talked about perception when we were going through that uh, part of the reading, one of the things that I wanted to acknowledge is not just the perception of the universe that I observe around Dave, but being aware that it's also important to acknowledge a realistic perception of myself as who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and, and knowing that my perception of myself is not too vastly far from what a realistic and rational person might be expected.
1: You never know. Some days I'm breath tighter than others, you know, so I get that completely.
0: You, you understand what I'm saying is it's important yeah. that we also realize that our perceptions of the world include our perceptions of ourselves
1: oh yeah and i think part being on the path is is we work hard to recognize that inner spark of the divine which allows us as you said to have that more realistic view of who we actually are and where we are on the path and where we want to go next
0: right right um yeah being aware of where the top of the wave is and where the underside of the wave is, is, is a thing.
1: Yeah. yeah and where the undertow is where you're about to fall off the edge. Right. But let's not get dragged under. And I, think, <laughs> I think sometimes we get stuck because our experiences that we have now, we tend to relate to past experiences more than anything else. Cause that's how we kind of
0: build. what You, you worded that really well in the, yeah. um, the text in that yeah it it really defines sort of how we are going to see the universe before we are at the universe that we are there to perceive yeah. so we've already practiced for things that aren't possibly going to happen
1: yeah or we're, we're thinking that it's going to happen based on what
0: happened last tuesday or, well, that's just it, sure. Using, using our past experience, or at least our perceptions of our past experience, to try to predict future behavior in other human beings is or, just like, silly.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, but we do it all the time. And right. that, that's another part of developing awareness. is touching that I don't have to base what I know now on what I knew yesterday. Sure. Or sure. what I thought I knew yesterday is, the, is maybe a better way
0: to put it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with that change because there again, it is about how we perceive this universe to be. Mm-hmm.
1: But we, I also mentioned many mindfulness moments. And so when I used to do little things like I talk about, I set my intention in the morning when I'm brewing my coffee and I take that moment. Or I'll acknowledge that I have survived another day and I haven't killed anybody before I go to bed. You know, some days it's it's real gratitude and other days it isn't. But you know what I mean. It's if I've gotten through it or I will take a moment and mindfully drink a glass of water. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and there again, that, that sort of ties in with what I was talking about with the the tip trick or witchy hint. But when we do these physical things or these gestures, they have so much real magical power. I mean, we grew up watching people point a stick and say abracadabra. And we saw it so many times that we've hoodwinked ourselves to thinking it's not real. And it is. Well, we get told to grow up and be rational. Right. Absolutely.
1: You know, and, and part of that awareness, I think, more than anything else, is finding that for want of a better word, that childlike person who knew that it was real with absolute one hundred and twenty-five percent certainty.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, having- that's that's the that's the. Place That I find myself Even at my age Where I have the most fun When I'm able to play that part of a conversation And let people see that Yeah, I am excited about this And yeah, it is real And, and okay, maybe I am completely out of my mind But I am so much happier Than I have been in so long of a time And that's not to say anything about my relationship past or anything else, but who I am is just, I'm fine. I'm aware of what I am and who I am. And I'm. I'll be
1: okay with it today.
0: Well, and I'm in a place now where what I get to do, quite frankly, is to help other people become aware of themselves Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have people that I'll interact with, and it's almost like I i, I don't want to be presumptuous, but sometimes when someone asks me a question, I almost want to say, what you really want to ask me is this, and here it is. Um, but that's just, I, I tend to be a little bit forward with my um, speaking my truth, I guess. Well, that's okay. But I'm aware of it.
1: And for a long time, you didn't. And I can say in the last year or so, I have watched you become a much happier and healthier, Dave.
0: Uh, As I splurge on Diet Coke, which is so unlike me, but it's going down good tonight.
1: (laughs) Every once in a while, you know, it's not like you're drinking gallons of the stuff.
0: Well, and another thing that I was going to mention about our, you know, we're focusing on awareness and perception. And I always try in one way or another to try to take these concepts beyond myself and how it is that I can help the world around me, you know, with that kind of a concept and simply being aware that other people may not be as aware mm-hmm. and they may not just just may not be as aware today um yep. other people have their own degrees of how aware they are and their own perceptions of the universe even when it's one that we share when we connect with each other
1: or they um, may disagree we may violently disagree with their perception but we don't and- have to say anything either <laughs>
0: But, but understanding that is part of being aware of our environment and our circumstances. I mean, you can be metaphysically aware if a bear is angry or not. You don't have to speak bear.
1: No, <laughs> and you don't have to poke the bear
0: either. Right. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, be, well, Be aware that it is a bear, <laughs> yes. I guess, is the the lesson there.
1: Yeah, and let it be a bear yeah and don't yeah I think that's I think that's the best part of being aware is you keep the focus more on you and your crap for want of a better word sure. and you're working on rather than yep, my bubble, yeah, your bubble, not my bubble, you know my bubble, not your bubble, you know, if we happen to bump into each other and our bubbles kind of meld for want of a better word and we have a great discussion. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful yeah, oh, there,
0: Boo, It's Friday night.
1: <laughs> you know, I'll stay over there and you can stay over there and never you know, but but we have to I think the best part about developing awareness is you're working on your own and you're not out to save everybody else's.
0: Well I mean that's just it. You're you're looking. You're yeah. working on it.
1: You're working on it, you
0: know. We country. we are we are on a daily basis putting active metaphysical energy towards trying to become better people, mm-hmm. better souls, and better witches. Absolutely. I mean, okay. it is kind of what we do.
1: Yeah. So, with that being said, that sounds like a good place to wind it up before you and I end up down yet another famous rabbit hole.
0: Sure. Your okay. awareness has a lot of those.
1: Oh yeah. There,
0: there are people that perceive that we're all living in a simulation, and there are people that perceive that none of this is real. So, yeah. um, be be aware of you and those around you, and whenever you can, be safe, be kind, and be loved.
1: I would agree, and may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Balance is everything. Good night, Dave.
0: Good night, Elizabeth.
1: While we've been having discussions around what we call our metaphysical kernels of thought, which are the whys that form the basics of our beliefs on the path, we recently realized that we could also share about our practices as well. These are the hows and what's that we, as practitioners on the path, actually do in our own lives. So we're calling this new segment Practices of the Path. So, this segment will be about everything from the various tools that we work with, as well as those we don't and why, to the solar and lunar cycles, herbs we use, crystals and stones that we work with, candles, incenses, oh my, and anything else we come up with that can give an understanding of what we personally do, with our magical practices.
0: We haven't had a chance to uh, practice together recently, so I haven't had a chance to tell you, but welcome to the Times of Loafmas, or uh, was it, Llamas that some folks call it? Or or yep. There's a bunch of them.
1: We like Loafmas, though.
0: Well, <laughs> and, and for those of us on the path, it's more of a period than it is a moment, but that's, that's stuff for another, uh, another episode. What plans do you have for the new, the dark upcoming new moon
1: well it is actually right after i get home i think i'm just going to sit out on my back porch oh, and- that's
0: <laughs> right you're going to be back in your original house for the first time in a year
1: just about yeah no, well, so and you're, you're going to be
0: there to sit there on the back porch exactly. of the new moon
1: yeah just in time
0: maybe that's what made me mention it but i knew there was something special about it so I'm very oh, yeah. happy for you
1: I am, too. I think I'm going to do a house blessing as part of my times of sitting there and reflecting. Sure. You know, nice, reflective, gathering in types of energy that we get on the dark moon. But in any event, welcome to our new segment.
0: Yeah, we're talking about the stuff that we actually do as opposed to the stuff that we feel and think, right?
1: Yeah, so it's going to be fun, I hope. And you and I had talked about starting out with tools of the craft and ones we use and ones we use sometimes and ones we don't use and the whys and wherefores. And then we said, wait a minute, we got to back up because you got to start with altars first. So you have a place to put that stuff. Okay. And we both know in my writing and life, I like definitions. And so we're all on the same page. So i Love the merriam (laughs) webstercom And an altar can be defined as a table or place, which serves as a center of worship or ritual or a place to put ritual objects.
0: Then I'm going to have to say I have (laughs) way more altars than I really thought I
1: had. (laughs) I think we all do. You know, you stick a couple of stones together and all of a sudden there you are
0: or burn
1: some incense in this corner. And
0: Well, I, and, I mean, I have to say that most of mine are by design. I mean, they have different purposes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I do have one on every single floor of my house or more. <laughs> well, of course you do. I have one out in the yard, I have one on the living room, I have one in the upstairs hallway, I have one in my sanctuary, I have one in the basement here behind me. <laughs> but they're all for, um seriously, they're all for unique and individual purposes. Um, so I thought, uh just making my notes before we got together, I thought I'd go through just real quickly and and let folks know what I mean by they're all different purposes or whatnot. So out in my yard I have a yard yard altar. It's actually the one that that you and Susan and I started many years ago between the pear trees. Mm-hmm. Um and that is there right now and completely wild and overgrown because that's the way I chose to have it this year. But it's an altar there that is out in the weather and under the sky and the sun and the rain and the trees and the bees and the bugs and snakes and everything else. Because I want that sacred place in my line of sight. When I look out my window, it says, I live in a holy place. You know, beyond that, I have a a big meditation spiral in the side yard, but I like, and I think it's part of the, focus or the purpose for me in my practice the idea that altars are a visual symbol that when i catch them out of my eye my juju and my stuff is amplified and focused and, and refreshed and my intention becomes more alive that's part of why I have shiny things on my altar. (laughs) Um, I would
1: agree with that statement.
0: The one I have in the living room is actually a a two-tier or a double-decker, and it's what I have for a crystal altar, which I don't have a lot, but working in a crystal store, you have to have a few. Um, But I have separate plates of crystals for each of the four elements. And then on the layer underneath that, is what I call my workings altar and that's stuff where like if I have a scroll tied up or if I'm saving the candle wax from a tray or whatever, I have a shelf that it sits underneath the crystals and anything that goes in there sits there for at least an an entire moon. I would agree with that. Um, And then in my upstairs hall, I have what I call my spirit or my spark altar. It's not for any other purpose except for me to know that I have a spiritual or an imminent spark of the divine. It's, it's the place where I burn incense upstairs that makes my home smell the right way. You know, it's that place where I can have both mm-hmm. an awareness of my practice and a gratitude that I have a place that I'm able to. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like my daily walking back and forth between the office and the bathroom that's my That's my spark altar I like that then in the the bedroom of the sanctuary, I have a an ancestor's altar, which is all about both biological and is, um spiritual spiritual. Um, ancestry that we've talked about before. And it's interesting because I looked at it earlier today and I realized that all of my genetic representations are my mother and Victoria and Susie. All of my genetic representations of my heroes and those blessed souls were all the feminine. And all of my inspiration or my spiritual stuff are pieces from Machu Picchu and Native American and shamanist and almost all about the old grandfather medicine man that I've sat around the fire with for centuries. You know what I mean? And I I had never realized how much that right there ancestors altar speaks to how I become the person that I am. And so that's an altar for me that when I look at it, I know what it is that defines Dave. Mm-hmm. I understand where I've come from. Um, and then the basement altar is the one that you and I have done workings at that's in the, the window that gets the full moon. And that's, I use that as what I call my passage of time altar. Like we're doing the times of loatness right now. So instead of just something that I'm setting up and using for a day or a week, I literally want to see the spider webs and the dust start to happen in that window during the course of those six weeks or what have you, because it helps me see and reflect on those practices that I'm focusing on during that period. So, for example, right now it's times of loafness And so I have my representations of grain and of harvest and all of those sort of things where, I'm all about the abundance and the abundance of energy that's available to us right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's that's a quick run through of the five main altars. Um, just from a practice point of view, I, I want to add that at any point in time, and I do this and any of us can do this, you can throw together in two seconds, you can throw together a mini altar that'll go in a bike bag. I know I do it (laughs) in two minutes. You can make a little mini altar to throw in a purse or a cosmetics bag for um, slipping into your remote work briefcase at the coffee shop. I know I've done it. You can make a little pouch with a little tiny micro or mini altar for your lunchbox to sit at the cafeteria. I know I've done it. You can make an altar out of anything that you have available.
1: I agree completely. Now I'm going to end. I'll talk about a couple of my favorite altars.
0: Yes, please, and thank you for letting me ramble. That was. Uh, oh yeah, it, it was I fun think... to be able to sort of give some of the listeners a, a virtual tour, and now <laughs> if there's questions that come up where you want to know what the crystals are or what the representations are, um, Dave at Two Young Crones or Dave at Young Crones Cafe, I'm not hard to find.
1: No, you're not. <laughs> and for me, because I've been trapped in this Airbnb for months, I don't have my quote-unquote regular altars like I do at home. Um, I have one that I call my inspirational altar because I write. That's, that's my thing. And I have calligraphy stones of all shapes and sizes that tend to hang out. And <laughs> you gave me a wonderful pyramid to have here as a representation. and when I'm home, I have a citrus candle that I've been burning for the longest time because it's a giant, you know like not a, not a yeah pillar' That's the word I'm thinking of. And I can light that when I sit down to write and I smell that scent, and I'm off to the races. I also tend to keep a tea light by my coffee maker because that's where I greet my day and set my intent. Okay. While I am waiting for the machine to cycle through and give me
0: that cup of well, tea. It's funny yeah. you mentioned the scent because I have a certain incense that I burn before I play drums. And it's, yeah, it's that same sort of thing. It's it's turned those particular glands on because it's, yeah. time, it's time we're going to do some of that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah and i do have an ancestor altar that lives in like the windowsill of my bedroom because i have like a, a almost like a bay window of that kind of thing so i have the big long seat right and i have pictures especially of my grandparents i have a set of them where they're it's two different pictures from both sides of the family and they're both walking arm in arm and they are not young either set in those pictures I have some things that were my parents and my parents were not pagan or witches or anything but boy did they certainly collect some witchy (laughs) stuff over the years it kind of lives there and like you I tend to have a cross quarter times altar and mine tends to feature specifically the element that we're working with so mine right now is air because that's The time we're in. So I have white candles because we associate it with dawn. I have incense ready to burn should I want to. I have feathers that have shown up, you know, little things like that. And crystals that I personally associate with the element of air. I usually have two or three on my elemental altar, for want of a better word. And then when Sue and I practice, and that's how we can start talking about other tools, if we're doing a specific ritual working we tend to have a workings altar that we set up and then take down when we're done. Because for us, part of that preparation is the setting up of the altar and the placing of the candles and the tools that we're going to use. And part of that grounding and centering at the end of ritual is we tend to put
0: things away. I was just thinking back on the years and years and years that I've watched you and Susie do that. And, and yeah, it's a it's a fond memory for me, because, from my point of view, what I would watch would be the energy that was swirling around the two of you as you put the tablecloth on and placed the water and the candles and the oils, and I could see what was building, and then afterwards, usually, after dark, by firelight, I could see the two of you breaking down mm-hmm. and and you're not breaking down physically but breaking down the the table and whatnot. And I could literally see, you know, the glow emanating, and the way that you were both charged, just the way you needed to be. So, yeah, so um, that, that was that was just a really neat memory for me to to think about you and Susie doing that for so many years.
1: Oh yeah, and 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 here's another one for you. We always kept the ritual stuff in the in the basket. Yep. <laughs> the ritual picnic basket so that, yes, we could set up in the yard. We could set up in the, in your living room or my living room or take it with us, <laughs> which yep. is another way to, to go out into the world and set up. You know, we used to go to a public park near right. us and set up right on the picnic table and nobody cared, Yep. you know, and do ritual and pack stuff up and go home. So, yeah. Sure. And that picnic table served as an altar just as anything else you want it to be.
0: There's a particular flat rock in Letchworth Park out on one of the overlooks that um, I love the fact that time after time, I will go back to that place and someone within the last week or two will have stuck a candle in this certain spot in the stone wall that's been there since the CCC built it. Oh, yeah, you know what good. I mean? It's a spot that just requires you to light a candle and stick it here. And mm-hmm. all of the vegetation and everything is cleared away very carefully. You know, it's not a fire hazard or anything. Right. And there are summers when you will see an entire summer's worth of wax just sort of working its way down like through down the, the stone. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's, that sort it's of an reason. altar.
1: It's an altar, exactly. And altars can be made of anything. They can be any size or shape. There are people who do mental exercises where they build an altar by thinking about it. So maybe you want to try that sometime just for fun. And we would, as you said, we would love to hear what you've done for yourself to make altars and whether they're out there in the open for all to enjoy,
0: or if they're kind of
1: under the radar type, like you have on your desk at work.
0: Or, or I'm sure there are some people that have what they consider to be an altar and they treat it as much more of a sacred thing and have eight or nine different purposes for that one space. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I can I can remember, you know, being in the service and whatnot. Sometimes you will make a shrine in two square feet. But that that doesn't diminish the power of what's in that two square feet at all. So, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be anything big or expensive. It can be, you know, a corner shelf or the top of the speaker.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on and enjoy the rest of your evening. And next time we'll start talking about some actual physical tools in
0: this segment. Excellent. Have we decided which one yet?
1: Uh, no, but I'm sure you and I will figure it out before next time.
0: I love working with this lady. I really do. (laughs) Figure it out the day of.
1: (laughs) We have the best discussions that way sometimes. Yes, ma'am. All righty.
0: All right. Until then. Until then. be, Be safe, be kind, and be loved.
1: And may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint, just something to make your day go better, because we live in a
0: mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's tip, trick, or witchy hint began as a lighthearted gesture, but I truly believe that the universe has something both profound and silly to reveal. It began with a dear co-worker and pagan friend of mine as we worked side by side, elbows deep, in the drudge of packing and unpacking a store full of merchandise. Yeah, a um, moving day, kind of day. So she stood and stretched for a minute and said, you know, if only I could just wriggle my nose and all of this would just magically take care of itself. <laughs> okay, Samantha, I retorted, and we shared a chuckle. We're both of the generation that remember our favorite TV witch, and we were literally standing among a box of candles and incense and magical supplies. Later, as the day progressed, I realized I had been spending more and more time thinking about this Though, I mean, I myself has at least a dozen silly little quirks. Such as when I put my keys or my wallet or something down, often I will point at it and say, literally, outload, stay. And I gesture at it with my finger as if it was a beagle, you know. I wave a little single in the air of a pentagram when I lock my front door, when I leave the house, and I whisper, be safe. There are plenty of these things that we do that we do without necessarily being conscious of it every day. Many faiths have held this power for centuries, from Catholics crossing themselves to Muslims raising their arms to the heavens. We have learned figuratively over centuries and quite literally from the moment we were born that to point a finger or to raise a hand or turn a face, these gestures have power. Everywhere around us, in any culture, from any tradition, we have watched humans wield the power of their gesture. It is intimately a part of who we, as humans and witches, have become. So my intention is just to point it out to you and to have you spend a moment thinking of the millions of examples that we have seen through our lives, from and our teachers, and our law enforcement, and our authorities, and our friends. I can mention the single-finger salute. There are so many millions of examples in every day that we see people invoking their power through these simple and symbolic gestures. So then cast your own special finger points or nose wriggles at your front door lock. Bless your neighbors with a bow. Wave to the creatures that live around your house and in your yard. Your simplest gestures often carry the most power. If you enjoy this content, please reach out and let us know that. We're working towards a new channel launch on YouTube and always some surprises in store. We are 2YoungCrones.com and Young Cafe on Patreon. For this time, be safe. Be kind and be loved.
1: Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young
0: Crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crone's Cafe on Twitter and Facebook.
1: Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to effect change.
0: We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine.
1: We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles.
0: We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane.
1: We are seekers of knowledge.
0: And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be.